audio. Welcome to Doc Talk, a weekly podcast featuring Monument Health physicians addressing medical topics. Tune into your health with Monument Health. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health. My name is Mark Houston, and joining me today, back, hmm. I was trying to remember if, if I've had anybody on for a second podcast mm. yet. You might be the first, Dr. Barbera. Wow. I'm so honored. <laughs> How does that make you feel? <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, you're an electrophysiologist with Monument Health, Dr. Barbera, and joining him today is uh, Kelly Branstead, the CNP. Welcome, Kelly. Glad Thank to have you. you here. Happy to be here. Thank now, you. we got Dr. Barbera's background. Uh, if you haven't heard the episode on Holiday Heart, it was one of my favorite episodes that I did because it was just one of those things that nobody knew about, and afterwards they were like, well... Now I've got to be careful. I've got to find a better way to enjoy the holidays. <laughs> like I said, I think I did kill the liquor store sales <laughs> yeah. in the area. Uh, so, Kelly, you're uh, but you're right native, from. correct? You're yeah. from here. Yeah. So uh, what's your background then? Were you born and raised here in Rapid City? Uh, not born here, okay. but raised here, grew up here, graduated from Stevens High School. I won't tell you the year because it was a long time ago. <laughs> we never, we <laughs> never mention age or year on here, no. Um, yeah, um, I got my nursing degree through USD. I and um, got my NP, and I've been working for Dr. Barbera here for the last three years. Excellent. I think I work for you. Well, I give you, you do. Well, <laughs> and that's, and speaking of that, that's kind of interesting, because how, how does a, a, like a relationship like this work mm-hmm. from a doctor and a CNP standpoint? Do you guys, like, Kelly, do you work with other doctors, too, or are you mainly with Dr. Barbera and vice versa? So there's, so we generally, so there's four nurse practitioners that work in our department and okay. our little electrophysiology department. And so we work, uh, all four of us work with both Dr. Barbera and also Dr. Levine. Got it. Um, so, you know, we just kind of split our time. And Kelly just tells me what to do. Well, I mean, sometimes you need that for sure. Um, but it must be, you guys must, uh, it must be like any relationship in a, in a professional setting where you've got to really trust the person that you work with too, I'm assuming oh as gosh. well. Well, I mean, Dr. Barbera got me fresh out of nurse practitioner school. So if you can say someone was a baby and didn't know anything, that was that was me. So <laughs> we've come a long way together because yes. he had just started here in, yeah. in Rapid City. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, I can't believe it. Time flies. Three wow. years ago. Yeah. Over yeah. three. And uh, yeah, you came out, but you, you'd already had experience. And, you know, you worked in the cath lab before and were pretty clinically sharp it wasn't it was just a specialty that you needed you know some training on extra you know work with the electrical part of it but you'd already had a big cardiac background and I think uh boy you caught on quickly well and that gives people that are coming to see you guys lots of confidence too when they can see how well you work together you know I mean that, that it's got to give yeah. you guys the same amount of confidence too right it does it <laughs> makes me feel so comfortable to know you know when Kelly tells me something I can rely on it. It's going to be what I need to know. It's going to be uh, without uh, exaggeration, or uh, you know, she can she can call out the 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 problem, and then you know, she puts the problem in front of me, and then I can work with her and the patient to figure out what's uh, the best best next step. And uh, we've had a great 
three years, and I, I really am thankful to have Kelly to work with. Well, and that's super important when you guys are dealing with what is still the biggest killer of people in the United States, which, of course, is heart disease. Uh, so, you know, having a good team together is 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 you know, so necessary. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to put just a little twist on this, though. Um, so often when we talk about uh, heart disease, it's kind of a, a general topic. We're talking, you know, what everybody can kind of do to protect their heart. Um, but today, I think we want to focus mainly on the differences that happen with heart disease between men and women, specifically for women, because I was pretty surprised in doing a little bit of research on, on this. Just uh, how much difference there is when it comes to women and their heart health. Um, so we'll just jump right in with with risk factors for women, which kind of surprised me. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, you know, I think when it comes to, to men and women, the major risk factors are the same. You've got diabetes, smoking, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, stress. Um, so those risk factors are going to be the same no matter your gender. But women also have the uh, additional added risk factors, such as pregnancy um, and things that can happen to you, diseases that can happen to you during pregnancy, um, your autoimmune type diseases, lupus. Um, and Does that mainly affect more women, lupus? I believe yes. so. Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep, yep, it does. And I was just at a conference, actually, and, and one of the speakers from the Mayo Clinic was talking about um, how the even though there's the same risk factors for men and women, those same risk, risk factors affect women almost more so than they do men, um, such as stress. So stress, high stress uh, is a risk factor for coronary disease. Uh, women seem to be higher targets, higher risk factor for if they have a lead a high stress lifestyle, something stressful happens to them, their, their risk actually is higher than men to be affected by that stress level which I thought found yeah. very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, like even once a woman has, if they have diabetes, their risk fact, their risk of coronary disease, uh, heart disease is, becomes the same as a man. Uh, so, you know, they, they quickly can catch up. And menopause, when that hits, uh, there's an acceleration of risk factors. And that's when women really start to catch up to the men with heart disease and problems. I mean, Women below 50, they tend to, you know, uh, have, a, they all will know other women that have had cancers, breast cancer, for example, and they worry a lot about uh, that throughout their lives, and women typically think that that would be the number one killer, but women, thankfully, you know, a lot of them, you know, they live longer than men, and they, mm -hmm. they live deeper into life. Uh, and so after they hit 50, then they, you know, really start to catch up to men and ends up being, you know, 30% of uh, female deaths overall are, uh, are cardiac-related. So women have to um, realize that from the beginning, you know, that uh, if they have a good, healthy lifestyle, good habits, 80% of the heart disease that women get uh, if they get it can be preventable uh, with a good lifestyle. So you mentioned um, pregnancy and breast cancer. Um, do those definitely then do they put women at higher risk obviously for heart disease. Is that correct? Which one? Either one. Breast pregnancy cancer? or breast cancer. Yeah. I, I mean I, I don't know exactly how breast cancer could except if the treatment sometimes for mm -hmm. the breast cancer itself. Oh, so if you got radiation treatment to your chest wall, 
um, that would increase your uh, coronary disease development risk. And it does lots of negative things to the whole cardiovascular system. Radiation treatments have gotten better. In the older days, we used to see people with really big uh, doses and get they'd get more heart disease. And chemotherapies themselves can provide risk for heart disease. So adriamycin, for example, is one that we worry about where patients can develop cardiomyopathies, heart muscle weakness from that chemotherapy. And uh, we, you know, try to make sure women are being very carefully screened when they're being uh, dosed with that kind of drug um, for their breast cancers to prevent them from getting uh, a heart failure. It's a balancing act, obviously. You're trying to cure a cancer, and at the same time, you don't want to cause <laughs> mm-hmm. a new problem. Well, and I'm sure the stress that goes along with breast cancer would probably play into that, too, a bit, right? That's another one. Right. Right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are there... Um, are there is is it is an age difference for women too when it comes to heart disease? Is 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 do they get it younger, older than men? Is that does that play a big factor too? Well, like Dr. Barbera was saying, once women women have a little bit of a protection uh, until they reach menopause, um, but they're now finding more and more that younger women uh, are getting are having coronary disease and they're having cardiac events at a younger age than we previously had thought. So it's not something that you can just say, oh, I'm, I'm good till I'm 50 right. at least. But that's unfortunately not the case. And it's, it's kind of scary to think about, but it's also good information to have. So, so what age should they get screened at then for something like that? Is that just general general yearly check-ins with your yeah. doctor sort of a deal? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely just regular check-ins with your doctor. It's being thoughtful about your symptoms. If you develop them, then you gonna, you're going to ask for an evaluation a little sooner on that. But, um, you know, the screening is, is pretty much standard throughout life. Uh, you know, so the key really is just educating our population of people to know when there's a symptom that means something and also educating them about, you know, good lifestyle. During pregnancy, though, just to backtrack mm-hmm. a little bit on to what you talked about before with uh, some of the things that can happen earlier in life, like breast cancer or pregnancy, which is much more common. Um, pregnancy can definitely get you going with risk factors because women develop hypertension, preeclampsia, gestational diabetes, and those women are much more likely to go on to develop cardiovascular disease uh, if they've gotten it during pregnancy. It doesn't mean necessarily they will, but if if they've gotten it, it puts them at higher risk, so they should be watched a little more closely. Mm -hmm. I've read also about endometriosis. Can that play a part of it too? Can that be a factor that plays into heart disease a little bit? Want to take this one? Well, you know, and I guess I don't really know all the ins and outs regarding endometriosis and it's tied to coronary disease, but I, yeah. I think it plays long in the, that autoimmune type disorder. And it just seems like anytime you would, like going back, the, the stress to me seems like the umbrella to all of this, because when these conditions arise for women that are oh, scary, yeah. you know, and then there you go, <laughs> you're going to worry about yeah, yeah. it. Endometriosis, you know, you just got basically some ex, ex, traveled uterine tissue that's gone somewhere where it shouldn't be. Right. Uh, And that can create tremendous pain uh, during menstrual cycle. So I suppose the stress of that Mm -hmm. could could really make somebody uh, start to not take as good a care of themselves. Uh, You know, you can get just start to get somebody off a good track 
Um, and things can, one thing leads to another. You right. Know, you, you, you can see it happen. It happens to cars we drive, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. It can happen to humans even more so. Uh, now let's specifically talk about um, heart attacks as far as heart disease goes. Because I think everybody believes that if, if you have a heart attack, it's always, you know, the, the dramatic movie scene of clutching your chest. And mm-hmm. that's the heart attack. And that's where the symptoms come from. And, and uh, come to find out that they're pretty similar for both sexes. But there are some some I mean specific differences I think that, that women should recognize when they're when mm-hmm. when maybe a heart attack is popping up right absolutely and you know I and Dr Barbera can attest to this too but you know during my years working in the cath lab we we would see people as they came, men and women as they came in with an active heart attack and. I can say more times than not, most women did not say I had a sudden intense left-sided chest pain that radiated down my left arm, which is what we're all taught to be the classic sign of a heart attack. Um, It's more vague symptoms, shortness of breath that started all of a sudden. Uh, All of a sudden you're sweating and you don't know why. You feel very anxious. You've got jaw pain and and maybe an upper back pain or your stomach doesn't feel quite right. the, The kind of symptoms that women would describe to me of their heart attack was not typically your general, like you said, movie scene right. type symptoms. Which I found very interesting. Yeah, women will keep you on your toes. Well, we try. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's uh, true in so many ways. But um, you know, it's like you know the baseball analogy. It's a knuckleball coming at you. It's, you know, you you got to be vigilant with a a female uh, who's got complaints that don't, you know, they didn't read the textbook. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily, you know, I have an elephant on my chest. Mm -hmm. It's. uh, you know, I've got this between my shoulder blades, maybe, and it's a weird, they won't say pain, but a weird feeling, and they've short of breath a little bit. You know, it could be lots of things. It could be on birth control, and maybe they got thromboembolic things that clots traveling to their lungs. They got pulmonary emboli, which are more common for a woman to get. Uh, or you might actually be having a heart attack. And, you know, we've got to try to sort that out. Um, good diagnostics, thankfully. Help us figure that out. Mm-hmm. But those are definitely signs. If I mean, if, if any woman is, exp- well, any person really, I suppose, is experiencing similar. But is there, um, you know, you say you said the, the 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 pain in your chest traveling down the right arm is that left arm rather is that is that kind of the same for both men and women? Can that that same thing happen, or, or is that more lean one way or the other? The most common presentation is still women and men will both potentially have that chest pain. And it can radiate down the arm. That's definitely most common. Okay. But it's more common for women to have an uncommon presentation okay. of a heart of a heart attack, and it might not go down their arm. They might have upper abdominal mm-hmm. discomfort, and that's unusual. You know, it, it, it's very rare for a man to be having a heart attack that way, but a, a female can much more likely do that. There's studies that show it, and. And so we're, we're taught to, to be on the lookout for the atypical presentation, especially in women. Well, we talked about heart disease a little bit. You're saying now that women are seeing this a little bit younger, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the same with, uh, like, specific heart attacks? Does that happen at a certain time in, in a woman's life um, different than, than a man? And it's still most common as women age. Okay. You know, the same with the man. As you get older, your risks go up and the, the chances go up that you'll have some sort of coronary event or heart attack. But but yes, you can, younger women can have oh, yeah. heart attacks. Absolutely. And is that really more to lifestyle or more to heredity? I'd, I'd 
both. Okay. Both, definitely mm-hmm. both. But but like for example, smoking as a risk factor for development of heart attack uh, is more likely to cause heart attack in a woman than a man. Um, so it's been studied that smoking ends up being more likely to cause heart disease in women than it would be a man. So they they really got to watch. Uh, it's modification of those risk mm-hmm. factors as soon as possible. So if you ask, when should women start thinking about modifying their risk long-term for heart disease, it's basically from the time that they are uh, young right. when, when they're developing. Because, if you, again, if you get the good habits, you avoid the smoking, you keep your weight down, and you're active and physically on the go, um, learn how to you know, blow off stress, do things like that, you've given yourself a much better chance right out of the box um, you're going to reduce your chances of developing diabetes over time uh, because your weight's better. Um, it's it's such a you know an important thing just to make women realize it's not just to worry about breast cancer, which is obviously mm-hmm. very important. But cardiovascular disease, stroke, for example, is more common in women than men. So women will have, and that's a cardiovascular disease. Stroke, stroke, coming from you know a brain blood flow problem. Uh, things like atrial fibrillation or uh, dizzy, you know, hypertension, which is even a little bit more common in women. Women are more likely to get hypertension, just slightly, like 51% versus 49%. But they, they get these risk factors just right. like men do, and they go on and develop the end effect of the risk factor like the strokes and heart attacks. And uh, lots of things can happen. During pregnancy, for example, a woman, you know, can be delivering. We, the worst call you ever hear is a code uh, called to the labor and delivery mm-hmm. suite. Uh, when a woman who is delivering and pushing um, can dissect her aorta. And that's the scariest thing everybody faces when they're in the hospital because you've got this baby coming out. And, and a young woman, and she's potentially at risk to die because the dissection not only goes around the aorta, but it dissects the coronary artery, which can cause a massive heart attack. So you've got immediate need for open-heart surgery. So you take a woman from a happy moment having a baby to suddenly she's in open-heart surgery Mm -hmm. fighting for her life. So uh, women in cardiovascular disease, big deal. Right. Well, I would ask, uh, I was, I was going to ask this as kind of the last question here, but you guys have really touched on it pretty well. You know, the, the three things that you want women to know regarding heart disease. Uh, I think first and foremost is just take care of yourself, yes. right? Yes. Uh, that, that has to be, and it seems like we've Men had a too. lot of, com- yeah, <laughs> right. And we've, we've had a lot of conversations in these podcasts yeah. about that, that it's, it's almost the simplest thing you can do is just to Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself a little bit, right? Yes. Go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Don't smoke. Limit your drinking. Are those kind of the things that you still and, recommend? And I think people deep down they know that, right? But it's hard. It's hard. It it, we're all. I mean, we're all guilty of yes. it. You know, I, I I think even working in our field, you know, we all have different things that we wish know that we could do better at. Yeah. And um, but yeah. Just make those little changes when you can. And I think having a good uh, primary care provider is a big deal. Um, Someone that you see even just once a year or every other year. Uh, You know, someone that you can go to and have checkups and 
and can keep an eye on you because we're not very good at keeping an eye right. on yourself. Just <laughs> and don't be afraid to ask the stupid questions. Yeah. If I could get that through everybody that listens to this, don't. Your doctor has heard it all. Yes. You guys have heard it all. You yes. know, you'll never be embarrassed because. <laughs> You, know, no. you guys have heard There's, the best, honestly. We've seen and heard everything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, well, Dr. Barbera and uh, and CNP Kelly Branstead, thank you very much for coming in and talking again. Uh, I, I love these conversations. Uh, I get to learn so much. And then I go home and I sit down and I'm like, man, maybe I should have that second glass of whiskey. Nope, I'm not going to do that because I just talked with Dr. Barbera and uh, I'm going to go for a walk now. <laughs> just pour one big one. <laughs> Thank you guys for Thank you. very Thank much. You. You the award-winning heart team at Monument Health provides the communities of the Black Hills with the best heart care in the region. Their focus is patient-centered care with high-quality outcomes. Contact your primary care provider for a referral if you have questions or concerns about your heart health. Doc Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Homeslice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Hatton, engineered by Chris Jaquis, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and Rob Henry.